Welcome to the Social Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Missy. We are coming at you from the Hubbard Broadcasting Studios here in the Twin Cities. Thank you for listening. Our guest today is Deanna Bazin. Oh, hi. <laughs> she is a digital marketing specialist and recently won the American Advertising Award for her viral LaCroix hair campaign. Today's episode is sponsored by Hey Orca. Hey Orca makes social media planning for agencies easy. Our team has used Hey Orca over the past year, and it has made our communication and content distribution process much more seamless as an agency. It's such an easy platform for us and our clients to use. The layout makes it a perfect tool for working both on a day-to-day and month-to-month basis. It allows you to lay out content in an easy-to-understand dashboard. Not only is that content calendar straightforward when plugged into Hey Orca, but when it's approved, that content is scheduled to automatically go out on all of your platforms. The approval process with clients is great because there's never a question about if the content is good to go. And it has not only sped up our communication time with clients, but it allows us to communicate with the clients directly in Hey Orca, allowing us to focus more on client communication in the tool versus tons more emails going back and forth. It's a tool we use daily, and we, as well as our clients, can't imagine going back to spreadsheets. See how you can seamlessly plan for multiple clients and get content approvals in the ultimate sandbox for marketing at heyorca.com. So let's get into this week's episode number 58, the viral LaCroix hair campaign and the future of PR and social media integration. So welcome, Deanna. Back again. Back again. We've had Deanna on a previous podcast, and so I would definitely recommend checking that out. She spoke on episode 16 um, titled The Rise of Micro-Influencers and What That Means for Brands, and which since that podcast, she has produced a viral influencer campaign that she's won a ton of awards for. And so I wanted to have her back on again to talk about how this campaign came about and really get into like the nitty gritty details of it. So the first I'm thing ready. I want to ask you, yeah, you're right, you're right, first <laughs> I'm ready. Let's the do it. First thing I want to ask you is I want you to talk a little bit about what the campaign is yes. and how this idea got started. Yes. All right. The idea was born <laughs> about a year ago. Actually, no. Um, last summer we had a video shoot. So I do these shoots called the Scruple Studio Shoot. And they're a week-long shoot. We bring in a bunch of different artists who do various techniques and they're influencers. And we were on set. It was quite a late night, so we're getting delirious at this point. But we were on set and we were looking at our model's hair. And um, one of our models made a joke that it looked like a can of LaCroix. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Let's take pictures with it. And so we were just having fun taking pictures with it. And the next morning I was laying in bed thinking, wait a minute we actually really need to make all the hair look like LaCroix and do an actual full campaign on it. And so that's kind of how the idea was born. Um, And so at that point, I was like, all right, let's do this. And I assigned eight badass, awesome women who are really great stylists who do creative colors, um, a flavor. They all picked their favorite flavor and it kind of just went from there. And that's kind of how it got started. Um, and so a little background about Scruples because so they're a hair company. Yes. And so that's how, so when you were talking about being in the studio... Yes, it's doing hair for like all these models. Yep. So do you want to talk a little bit about scruples? Yeah, of exactly? course. Yeah. So we are a hair care manufacturer. So we create all the color, all the hairspray, all the retail products that you would see in a salon. Our specialty is color, though. That's really what our bread and butter is. And so when we bring in artists to do different videos and different looks, they are hairstylists that are coming in using our color to create, you know, whether it's a blonde balayage or unicorn hair, as everyone loves to see those bright rainbow colors. And so when doing the LaCroix hair, I was it's all about strategy, right? So I was strategically thinking, who are some of 
in my opinion, the best creative colorist who works specially with um, a lot of different colors and who would know how to pull this look off. That's awesome. Um, and so with the, how did you select the stylist you wanted to work with? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> many, because you work with so many stylists. Yes. So like, how do you pick? Many layers. I think, um, so Schmegs and Bacon, which we can give her a shout out in the podcast. We can give a shout out to all the girls. Um, we'll include all their handles in the links. But she was with me at the studio shoot when we were talking about it. I was like, Schmegs, we should do this. Like, we should do a little curl hair. She's like, I'm in. So she was the first one. And around that time, I was thinking of ways to tie all the images together because when working with influencers, as we've talked about before, it's not, you know, I'm not here to control the final look. I, I trust them. These are artists. They know what they're doing. You know, my role is to strategically get them all together and in the same page and make sure that we're all doing something that represents the goal, the end goal of LaCroix hair. And so at that point I was looking at, okay, what can be the red thread that when everyone posts these images, they'll know it came from the same campaign. And I found, um, there's this Instagram profile, LaCroix over boys. And she, this is an awesome girl, another girl, girl power, um, who makes these t-shirts. And I reached out to her. I was like, Hey, I want to do this campaign where we're doing the hair. And so that created the idea of it's going to be all girls. So from that point on, then I reached out to stylists that we worked with. Um, and some that we haven't that I really, really looked up to that were just girl bosses kicking ass and doing really good hair. Um, that was reflective of the creative colors that we wanted to do. I love it. And it's like, and we'll get into how this went viral, but if you just go to Google and you just type in LaCroix hair, literally every single search on the front, the every page <laughs> yeah. um, is all about this campaign, which yeah, is girl. amazing. <laughs> I it mean, was awesome. This campaign was featured on things like Good Housekeeping, Nylon picked it up, Teen Vogue picked it up, Allure picked it up. How did you take it from just putting up content to that level? Yes. So the funny thing with the Good Housekeeping, which I didn't anticipate, was LaCroix is a food. It's a beverage, right? I mean, so when this came out, um, I didn't anticipate Delish was a huge one for us that picked it up because of the LaCroix, which that was really cool. So what ended up happening was we, I started coordinating with the girls. I said, okay, you each pick your color. I'll pick the flavor can that you want to do. I'll send you the color to create the look and we'll coordinate that. So I got the t-shirts, send in the color and the t-shirts. We all picked a date. So kind of like a deadline. And we had this DM group on Instagram, which I love. If you guys aren't taking advantage of like creating groups with Instagram DMs, I'm, I'm obsessed. I love it. So it was a nice place for us to all kind of communicate and say like, hey, what are you guys doing? You know, this is my idea. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And so I didn't want to look at any of the images beforehand. I wanted them to just do their thing. And so once we were all ready, when the photos were done, we picked a day and a time. It was right around this year, actually, right before Halloween. Um, so a year ago. And we're like, all right, we're going to drop it like Beyonce style at midnight. No one's going to know it's coming. So we all dropped it at the same time. And it started getting really really big in our industry right so people were noticing within our industry and i always say like when posts do well organically you know you're on to something right and so then at that point you know we're a smaller team we don't have at the time we didn't really have scission which is a great pr software we didn't have access to a lot of pr tools but i knew that i wanted this to um take it to the next level so one thing actually with this campaign the whole idea of it is when you look at what are called roundup articles right? Typically, it's the press, the writer, who's like, okay, I want to do sunset hair. That's a trend. And they go on Instagram or they go on social and they search for every piece of content that goes around the idea of what they want to write about, right? And that's kind of how PR has been in the beauty world. It's either these roundup articles or brands are collaborating with press 
you know, paid collaborations to feature their stuff. And I was kind of sick of seeing the same Roundup articles. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I want to just write the article for the press. You know, these press are constantly searching for trends. What if we give them the trend? So that was a big part of this campaign was bringing everyone together to do a really cool, you know, LaCroix's internet culture at this point to take it and give it to them. So I, what I did at that point, once it kind of went crazy in our industry is I was spent hours, um, just researching every beauty writer in our industry from pop sugar to allure to glamour. And I blindly emailed them. I just kind of guessed and put together what their emails would be based on like research. And I made this huge email, you know, showcasing all the looks and shout out to pop sugar because they were the first one to pick it up. And from that, once pop sugar picked it up, it just went like insane. It was on bustle. It was on allure. I mean, it was everywhere. Right. And so, that's the big thing. I mean, you have to put the work in. You have to, it's not just, oh, let's just do a cute, trendy thing and that's it. You have to do, okay, let's do a cute, trendy thing with purpose, with strategy. Like, how do we want, you know, really realizing with the internet and the internet of things, internet's a crazy place, right? Things go viral for random reasons, um, but not always so random. It's kind of a strategy. And so I saw that there was kind of a missing market for a group of women to come together and do this huge collaboration rather, you know, normally it's just one person who goes viral. But we had a team of girls go viral. Yeah, it's like, when you talk about like the internet and just like, because that's the big thing that clients ask all the time is like, hey, I want to go viral. And it's yes. like, you can't just go viral. Right. Like That, that has, can't be the goal. That yeah. has to be, there has to be strategy behind it. Yes. There has to be a reason why you're yes. doing what you're doing. Um, I and think be about relevant. like, yeah, be and relevant. be relevant. Yeah. And I picture like the, what comes to mind first is like the Walmart yodel kid. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, yes. How he went viral. Like yes. it's just a video he posted and he played but, at Coachella. But like you were saying, he loves yodeling, right? I mean, that's not like, he, his goal wasn't to go viral. His goal was to sing. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Freaking love that kid. And then the other thing too is, and I know you guys had mentioned this a little bit. There's this thing called like ASMR. Yes, And girl. so there's like all of these just like weird mm-hmm trends that are happening and so I, it's just it's just amazing you, what people pick which, up before this podcast just so the listeners know i was showing missy asmr because she didn't know what it was at the time i was like what <laughs> is this and it's insane do you want to explain it a little yeah. bit because it's like it's it's weird to me <laughs> it's um so asmr is is a sensation right so you see it on youtube a lot <laughs> of people eating pickles out of jars they use like these special No, you mics. don't see that on YouTube a lot. <laughs> like, who goes on there and watches that? Um, shout out to Jeffree Star. I'm a huge, obviously in the beauty community, I follow a lot of makeup artists and hair artists and he did a bunch of, you know, reading tweets and doing things with an ASMR. It's just, it's a special microphone. It's at a whisper. Oh or, gosh. Okay. <laughs> the podcast after this, we're going to do, we're going to do an ASMR podcast. Let's do it. I feel like we have I'm to. down. Okay. Let's talk about it. We'll set it up. We'll dive deep. But yeah, so I mean, the internet's a weird place, right? But at the same time, it's where your audience is and you have to kind of realize like what's popular right now and why is it popular? I'm a huge believer in if you're going to be doing digital marketing, you have to understand pop culture and internet culture. Right. Um, And so when this started getting picked up by all these other brands, I was like, Holy like this is for me, this is a first I've never had any campaign go viral to this extent. It got so viral that super deluxe. I don't know if you've seen that Facebook page. It's, you got to check it out. So <laughs> they do a lot of spoofs, right? It's a huge, like huge, huge Facebook page. They do a lot of spoofs. They did a spoof on LaCroix hair. Like they did like a contest and I was like, I've made it. Like, this is it. <laughs> like, and then some makeup. <laughs> My brands. job is done here. <laughs> right. Like, this is it. And there's a bunch of actually huge makeup brands, which I am a beauty junkie. That's why I'm in the industry. I love it so much. And, um, some makeup companies were having influences and artists to LaCroix inspired makeup looks. So when it got to that level, I was like, okay, this is more than just like a cute little article and cute little roundup, you know, trend. This, everyone was doing it. 
everyone's doing it. It was so funny because I, you and I lived together at the time because us, anyone who was yes. listening, yeah. Dan and I are roommates as yeah. well. And so, BFFs. When um, <laughs> I saw all of a sudden started my feed, started to see all these things, mm-hmm. and then the Lacroix makeup started taking trend, and I was like, oh, excuse me, <laughs> like Ex- yeah, right. Dana started that, <laughs> um, and it was just crazy to see, yeah. and then. So for the two things I want to follow up with this is yeah. the results of the campaign. Yes, but then yes, I also want to that. talk about like all the awards that you won with yes. this as well. So let's talk about results first. Yes. So results, which are always important, right? Yes. Obviously, um, what's the goal and how, what happened? Yeah. And so we got over. I mean, looking at engagements, right? Like with influencer marketing, with digital marketing, I think sometimes people get caught up in numbers, and I hate that. Like I don't care if you have a million followers if you have no engagement. Doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. So when looking at engagement from this campaign alone, we got over fifty thousand engagements, like people sharing it, commenting it, like just comments and likes alone. And then we got shared on Good Mythical Morning, which is a YouTube channel, really popular YouTube channel that got over half a million views when they talked about us on their channel, which was insane. Um, and then George Takei, who is a huge guy on Facebook, um, AOL made a video like kind of highlighting the Lacroix hair, and it started. It's called In the Know, which is their Facebook page, mm-hmm. and George Takei picked it up, which is like insane. <laughs> that video when he shared it, we got. We're right now. I checked this morning, two point one million. It's insane. Like it's just. And again, that wasn't the end goal. The goal was to make awesome content. The goal was. I mean, we did want to break the internet. I'm not. Like, let's be real. Yeah. Like I told the girls, I was like let's break the internet um but at the same time we wanted to have fun with it we just wanted to have fun and do we all love Lacroix. we had a shared love for it and they're all talented hairdressers i mean and so when you're looking at pr nowadays which i feel like we're gonna get we're gonna go down this road right now right with yeah, pr and yeah. social media it's so important that they're integrated i feel like so often now people separate the two and before when you looked at media and press and pr you had to pay to play. You had to, you know, know a contact in the, you know, in the industry. You had to know a writer. You had to, you know, journalists controlled everything. They dictated what the trends were. They dictated, you know, what was popular, when and where. And nowadays with social media, it's flipped. It's turned the entire, you know, journalism and PR industry on its head because now they have to look at social media for the trends. They can't just say, hey, this is what's popular. No, the internet decides what's popular. Um, Drew Elliott, who's a chief creative officer at Paper Magazine, said it perfectly that the places where the powers used to be are now in the hands and pockets and the phones of our fans. People can just publish on their phone and have millions of followers. So it's not that's really something to keep in mind now when you're looking to do PR and social media. They have to come together. I mean, it's it's hand in hand now. So as far as going kind of back to the results, like you I'm thinking a lot of people listening are probably like, wow, this is amazing. This is a great campaign. Mm -hmm. But you probably had an entire, a huge team that helped you execute this. Do you want to talk about the manpower (laughs) that you had to put in? Because that's why I love the story so much is that, you know, there's a lot of brands out there that are, you know, they have to be budget focused and they can't spend a million dollars on a campaign like this or work with, you know, some crazy agency that is going to charge them a ton of money. So I want you to talk a little bit about that and what you had to do Mm -hmm. and who helped you do it and and what that looked like. So, um, I mean, it's just me. I mean, it was just me at the time and the digital team, like that was it. And you know, one, I think benefit of, you know, being able to really pay attention to the internet and what's going on. I kind of had an idea of who, you know, this could be big. Right. But yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of strategy. Right. Like, I mean, from day one, I wanted the girls to do what they wanted to do best. Right. Don't get in the way. I mean, that's the number one thing with influencer marketing these days. And I think so many brands, because like you were saying, there's agencies involved, there's brands involved, there's a lot of people involved in these campaigns, which is great. 
but you have to believe in the influencer. You, you are bringing them on to do a project for a reason. You got to trust them. Trust is so important. So, I mean, they, they did the work, right? I mean, my biggest thing was coordinating it all and making sure that it was strung together beautifully, making sure that it was released at the same time. You know, it was a lot of project management, honestly. It was project management. It was working with the girls, sending out the packages, you know, staying up all night, finding up the, um, the press emails. But, I mean, that just goes to show you don't have to be a huge company anymore to make it and you know that's the beauty of the industry now you look at brands like glacier look at these multi-million dollar beauty brands who started from nothing and then you can do it it's just about putting the work and the strategy and just having that mindset of how do i relate to this new generation of customers and how do i relate and get my voice online get my voice heard and be relevant but also you know be strategic still at the same time. You don't have to have a huge team. You That's can- one thing I'm really glad that you touched on because yeah. like, I mean, Scruples, um, they've been around for a long time. Very but long time. Yeah. They're up against like L'Oreal and yes. like these huge yes. budgets for marketing. That's funny that you bring that up. So Cassandra Daily is this email um, that you can get daily. It's, it's what's happening in the world of trends, right? So it's a huge trend focused email. They sent out an email about food and, and beauty. And we had we did a Halo Top campaign after the LaCroix, which also went viral. Um, so LaCroix and Halo Top were on it. And then L'Oreal had cereal hair. They did a few things after us. And oh, the, right, but they're at the bottom of the list. But like, like you said, L'Oreal's a billion dollar company. We're a family owned small company. And we are now on the same trending list as L'Oreal, who you know that was a team of tons of people. You know that was a lot. You know, it's just crazy. So I do think the internet has made it equal playing field now. You don't have to be you know, a L'Oreal, you don't have to be a huge brand. You just have to have good products and good people. And good ideas. And good ideas. Thank you. Yes, and good ideas to make it happen. I mean, and listening to the culture of the internet. Is there any other advice that you would give to brands listening that, you know, are wanting to integrate their PR and their strategy? Because like you said before, it's not just about writing press releases for PR Mm. and posting on Facebook for social media. Right. What's some advice you'd want to give them? I think just listen. I think too many marketers sometimes just say, 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 like, oh, this is what's going to be cool. Listen, create conversations with artists. Listen to what's happening on the internet. You know, talk to people and stop siloing PR and social. I think a lot of people separate that into separate buckets, which I understand. To an extent, you need to, but you have to come together. You have to work together and realize that all these things are melting into digital. It's not just one, you know social is and PR exclusive anymore. So I think the biggest thing is just trusting people, creating conversations. And when you're working with influencers, be genuine. Like so many brands, I've seen so many influencers get, you know, run through the mud and treated poorly. And it's not okay. Like you got to make sure that you really are creating good relationships with good intentions and making sure that you have strategy in mind, of course. Strategy is number one. You got to have a reason for doing what you're doing, but you also be kind. Like, be kind to these people. These are artists. Trust them. They know what they're doing because they're clearly doing well, right? So when you're creating those partnerships, you know, tr- have the trust, have the relationship built, and just be nice to them. <laughs> um. So the final thing I want to talk about is the awards. Oh, yes. yes so yes, after yes. all this happened and mm-hmm. the campaign went viral, yes. you... um submitted the campaign Mm -hmm. to some awards out there and you kicked ass and won a bunch of them. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the American um, Advertising Federation is a national organization and they, there's chapters, right? And they have a big competition called The Show. Um, Actually, no, it's the American Advertising Awards, right? And so every state has their own show is what it's called. Um, And so I sat down and was like, this is it. I mean, this is clearly 
killed it on inter- the internet, I feel like we could win. And this is my first time ever entering. I've never entered this before. And, um, you know, I created, entered the whole thing, you know, got everything c- kind of compiled up for like a little um, submission. We submitted it. We won gold in the local chapter in both social media um, and a branded content interactive campaign. And we won best of in-house, which to me was insane. That alone, like just winning the local chapter, because I mean, Target won that award last year. Like, hello? <laughs> hello? And, like, how, and how big is that team? And how yeah. big is that team, right? I was like, <laughs> me and eight artists just now won this award, um, So, which was awesome. So from that, once you win gold in your local, you advance to regionals. And we won again in regionals. And I was like, holy <laughs> we're going to nationals. <laughs> and so we went, um, so we won gold um, at local level in two categories, but we advanced to nationals in branded content and entertainment. And we won silver at the National American Advertising Awards. And Missy, you want to know who else won silver? Uh, who? Starbucks. <laughs> but let's be real here. The, you know how much this girl loves her pumpkin. I love my pumpkin spice. It's fall right now. It's October. They won for the P, uh, the pumpkin spice latte campaign, which an agency did for them. Um, and they won silver. And we won silver. We won the exact same award. And I was like... That was it. I was shook to my core at that point. <laughs> Do you think, and we this is <laughs> this is getting into like another kind of area here, but like a lot of the a lot of brands are going with smaller agencies now yes, yes. because they are more nimble and like you mentioned before, you it's a level playing field. Yes. Like as long as you have good ideas, you don't have to be this crazy powerhouse exactly. to get it out there. Yeah. So what's your take on that too? I 100% agree. I think nimble is a key word here. Like. That is the advantage of having direct relationships, right? Now, if I was working on this and I had to give to someone else to give to someone else to give to someone else, it's like telephone. It just the message gets convoluted. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in a direct relationship with these artists, when you're in a direct relationship, you know, with your team and you're you're smaller, more connected, things get done quicker. I mean, that was kind of the thing, right? I mean, I started DM with these girls on our Instagram. The product was sent out a few weeks later, and within like a month, two months, I'd say we had it done. Any other place, if you're dealing with 50 employees and you have to get approvals and all this stuff. It's just it's not as not as quick on your toes. And when the internet, I mean, this let's go full circle here. Things, they go viral and they die yeah. like instantly. <laughs> like if you're not on the trend, you're out. I mean, so that's, a, I think, an advantage to having a more connected, nimble team um, and a smaller team that so you're able to see, oh, this is trending right now. Let's get on it. Yep. Let's get on, on this. Trend. Or let's start a new trend before someone else does. Because that's always, a, you know, a risk too. So all the links that we talked about today's podcast will be in the show notes um, at socialfeedpodcast.com slash EP58. Um, we'll have links to all of the articles that yes. the LaCroix here was featured all in. All the artists who did the work. And all the artists yeah. will give their Instagram handles so you guys can check them out and make sure to follow them, give them some love. And then also to the Advertising Federation Awards that you have Yeah, so we'll have a link to that too. I'll put some links in there too for that. Um, so thank you everybody for listening and we will see you guys all next week. Thank you. The Social Feed is a production of Hubbard Interactive with music provided by Minneapolis-based artist John Atwell.